G'day punters, welcome to the Deep Dive Cup Week Edition. Jack Dickens, Jackson Oldham here to help me review what was, as always, a sensational Cup Week. It's the best carnival going around, obviously. Boys, we're going to go through the best performances of Cup Week. And just also, FYI, Shane Fellow is not here today because he's on the Gold Coast trying to find us another horse. So if you want to get involved, um, I don't know, if you head to themailbag.com.au and uh, click the link, you'll find a way to express your interest in racing horses with us. And we'd like to thank Mailbag Bloodstock for sponsoring this show and everything else that we do. Moving forward. Peter. Uh, have, you got, have you got any merch for that yet? Not yet. Okay. Looking forward to that. Um <laughs> Where do we start with? Do we start with the, the best of the best? Very elegant. Just on, the best no, you've got me going now. Just on merch, like, do you reckon if we win, like, like a Vanilla Maiden, we'll get, like, you know, like a hat made up? You know how they get, like, or we get, like, a cool yeah. more jacket, you know, like, Vanilla Maiden, 22,000, the winner. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting, like, a little photo of the wind to appear behind you, just, like, slowly, just, like, they increase in number. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you need to build a bigger place when you get to that stage. When you reach Bray-Sikolsky stage, where you get very elegant winning a Cox, uh, Cox, not a Cox plate, Melbourne Cup with the biggest figure of its career, going to a massive PB, then you can build a bigger place. because Knocking off the other horse that you bought for yeah. 600000 yeah. It's amazing. But look, she shat in at a new level. What do you make of it in hindsight? That... Um, not enough, like, genuine full credit has gone to, and I, I, I like, you know, disgusted with what he got caught doing, but Darren Weir, like, gives these horses a base, you know, like, Nature Strip and Vera are the two best horses in Australia. Nature Strip wins the Everest, he, he started thirty and pissed in a, a good group one, which was, used to be a good group one at Flemington. That's the best sprinter in Australia. And the best sprinter, the best stayer, you could argue, in the world, up there. They both started with him. Well, Nature Strip, the poor old thing, like he's had a, he's had a journey. Like he was once with Smurden. Smurden picked him up to Yearling Sale. So, um, Korea. You know, there's like a lot lot to be lot to take in. Very elegant. I think that the the training performance is so so elite, and you can when. We had him on. He talked about his zinger burgers and his two-piece feeds. He was a very much a, a ritual and tradition man. You know, this is how I like to do it because it works. That's what we did with Winks. You could see on the pro on the punting form that like fourth up is when this horse peaks, and, and it went. It just did the same thing again. It had to went to an, an unbelievable level. And to the eye, if it couldn't have gone two lengths faster, I, I, I'd be surprised. Just didn't sort of need to. He didn't ask us to do to do a lot. <laughs> she was just hooning. Now, whether it's just like champion horse feeling perfect on the day or just a severe, unbelievable training performance, I don't know. But she's put a hole in a good field and it's a big figure. And I think full credit to everyone, legitimate full credit to everyone and um, full credit to Racing Victoria for no horses got injured in the Melbourne Cup and it was as good or better Melbourne Cup than I've ever seen. Okay. Uh, just to quickly summarise how good Waller was this week. Eight of the... We've got the top eight performances. Very Elegant was the best of them. Four of the top eight he trained. Three of those four went to a PB in mm. that week. Like, just on the dot. Jacko, 
Uh, Cox Plate form line holds up again going into a Melbourne Cup. Yeah, it does. Um, which, like, it kind of... It looked like a good uh, Cox Plate with, you know, Animo State Arrest. But I... I didn't think she had this level in her. Like I didn't, th- I didn't think she had a twenty lengths above. You know, like I thought she was a great horse. I thought a dry deck would be a question mark, and well, as did the market. Like the market didn't mm. di- didn't like her. But yeah, I think the top four, well, as the margin shown, are all proper horses. And then yeah, just big caps back, but eight point three lengths above the class in a Melbourne Cup is unbelievable. Yeah, How good's the Animo age. form been? Like, the Derby winners come out of the, the Guineas, Animo. The Melbourne Cup winners come out of the uh, Cox Plate. Probably should have been Animo. It's, it's unbelievable form line. It is. Proper. Elite. Um, look, if there was one other trainer who managed to peak them all for Cup Week, though, it was John O'Shea, and the second biggest figure of the week was Quantico. Minus 15.5 on punningform.com.au's overall benchmark figure. Thank the gods. Thank the gods that we um, just zagged slightly to, to get this horse on our team. Because um, it would have been we probably pretty wobbly as it was, but it would have been real wobbly without this thing. Um, <laughs> the most sickening thing is, is that, like, very elegant. It's just a clusterfuck and was so, could have so easily been a bet for us, and it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and then you look down the page, like, Colette's knocked us off just, but it's run a PB. <laughs> I would be with just A one Ollie, like just Addy's up oh. there on Colette. Like I, I thought we were completely home, and they're like, well, "What's this blue thing poking up the fence?" He and J Mac put on a real clinic in they all week. Yeah, they were just so much better than every other every other bloke there. Like I, D Lane and Craig Williams both had pretty poor carnivals by their standards, and yeah, there was mm. there was just two blokes you wanted on your team. That was Ollie and Jamer. Back to um, back to John O'Shea. Like, I don't know what to. I don't know how you handle it. It'd be fascinating to see. Fascinating to see how John O'Shea and Jamac go back to like, you know, Wyong on a Thursday in two two and a half weeks, three weeks sort of thing. If they can maintain this level of dominance and just elite performance, or if they drop back to the norm. O'Shea's been airborne for the last month or so. Like he, he's going at twenty six percent, like his last month, pretty much. Twenty four percent ROI, so he's completely airborne currently. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's one of those as well. I know with um, obviously Ben the knee was coming from your more provincial levels, but Minaj is like as soon as he took over that horse, this prep what just been flying the whole way through. So, well, it had that one big figure, Pete. Like. We were exploded in a really good race, which mm. is a race where the form out of that race isn't sweet. Like, that's a September run form who's, like, went to that level and has never got near it. Uh, and then, yeah, like, now it's just back there. It, it couldn't yeah. maintain that number, and now it's just... It pissed in. Yeah. It could have yeah. gone quicker if it had to. If it was more tempo on that race, it would have sustained it and won easier. It was unbelievable. Rounding out the top three performances for Cup Week was Nature Strip with minus 15.2. No real surprise here. It obviously won at $1.20, whatever it was, but um, just been ultra consistent so far, this preparation, I think it's fair to say, and 
really, I guess it's disappointing that the Dali Sprint has been compromised by some of the other sprint races around, but it won the Everest, which is clearly the biggest sprint race in the country these days. And I think everyone else is going to have to change to try and work around it. Yeah, I think they will, but I don't know if they need to. Like, if you think about it, this race is like, say, two proper sprinters away from an Everest. Like, in the Everest, it's like Nature Strip, Eduardo, Mask Crusader, and Classic Legend. The rest is, like, unlikely to win. It's not that far. Like, the Everest isn't, like, a 12-horse race where it's $8 a field. I think it's sort of overhyped how good it is. I think there's just not that many good sprinters at the moment. There's not many good horses at the moment. Like, great, great horses. We've got a couple of them, and they've all they've all shut up at Flemington and pissed in. Like, I'm surprised with how big the figure is that uh, Nature Strips run, because it was such a, like, on paper, and to the narrative and the yarn, it was a shit race. But that's a big figure. That's a bigger yeah. figure than they ran in the Everest, isn't it? Uh, give me a moment. Um... Yeah. yeah, it is. So it, it, it's gone to a d- yep. bigger level and run a faster overall time, a bigger puntingform.com.au benchmark figure at Flemington than in the Everest. And, so, went, and went quicker early in the Everest, ran 11.3 to the 6 and then overall 12.3 and ran 8.2 to the 6 at Flemington with a and then came home a lot stronger. So you would argue on paper that this is a better performance on the data. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think maybe um, the, the Everest is a little bit overhyped, but it's a great race, and it's just a stupid system that we're in where prize money and, and big races are wasted because there's going to be times where there's absolutely nothing to look forward to for a month, and racing could use that stimulus package then. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, we'll get to that towards the end, but the, the next three weeks in, in Melbourne looks fascinating on paper. It's different to what it's been previously. Uh, rounding out the top eight, we had Colette in the uh, Empire Rose. We had Home Affairs in the Coolmore. Superstorm, first day in the... Cantala. Cantala. I'm getting the names mixed up. Espiona. <laughs> uh, Monster PB there. And then Zaki uh, in the final day in the McKinnon. Now, I was pretty happy to take on Zaki, but in the end, again, it just shows how good J-Mac is just jumping back on board these horses. You know, whether or not they're difficult to ride or not, he's just getting the best out of them. He just puts Zaki to sleep out in front, slow tempo, just gap them. Um, and the market oh, knew as well. I think, like, we, we talk about it heaps, Pete, for years. He Like, Zaki's gone minus 5.1 to the 6, minus 5.5 home. It's like perfection. He's got, like, the, the balance just right for the horse. His sectionals are like a 12.4, the 10 to the 8, then an 11.96, 8 to the 6. So he's increased the tempo. Then he's gone 11 flat from the 6 to the 4. From there, he's slowed down, but he's broken the race. Like the other horses have had to accelerate too quickly to stay in contention in the race, that they haven't got that turn of foot left for the last little bit. It was a great ride. It was as good a ride as he gave all, all week. It doesn't look like as sensational, you know, when you watch it on the tape. And it's just. Yeah. Jumps in front and leads, but his timing and rhythm here is just perfect. I think the um the other horses sort of not turning up on the day probably makes Zaki Zaki's performance look a little bit better than what it was. Like um, Mwanga's rated down here, Hungry Hearts rated down, Colette's rated down. Like they've all rated down off their 
off their peak sort of earlier in the week or a couple of weeks before. Zaki from the yard didn't, I thought, could have gone one way or the other. Like, yeah. didn't, wasn't wasn't a great parade, looked a little a little on edge, a little toey. Um, so I was, I laid him. Um, obviously wasn't happy with that post race, but sort of looking at the data. <laughs> you weren't happy with it? Nah, nah. I wasn't happy with the fact that he's just lobbed in front and was like a dollar thirty on the turn. I just thought probably not a great lay yeah. in hindsight, but hasn't Zaki hasn't run a great figure here, and yeah, pretty much everything else is rated down. So I wouldn't sort of take this as oh he's he's a champion or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. He's failed to beat the class benchmark in three of his four starts this preparation. Ironically, they were the three races he won. The only time he's beaten the class benchmark was when he ran third at Caulfield. So. I think there still has to be a genuine query if he turns up against the best of the best in Victoria, but he probably he, won't he, do that next prep. He wouldn't have won the Cox Plate, in my no. opinion. Very confident in saying that. Mwanga, though he rated down, he was a lot closer to the finish in this race than he was in the Cox Plate. He wasn't even on the screen. I, I, I think that... Um, I just can't see how he, he would have beaten them, the two good horses in the Cox Plate. Yep. Uh, look, the... the the other two group ones of the week, uh, the Derby, or the Derby, as you guys say over there, and, and the Oaks, both plain figures, you know, I guess to be expected, given that you know we're looking at three-year-olds trying to do their best over a staying trip, but still, what do you do with these numbers for Hitotsu and Willowy going forward into next preparation? Uh, the Oaks is legless. They'll all be <laughs> racing at Packenham in the autumn, I think. So... <laughs> I'll be looking to catch up with them in the yard on a warm Thursday <laughs> night about March or Feb. So that be... <laughs> uh, if if Willoughby doesn't have Ollie, it doesn't win. Like yeah. So I sort of lob myself at about just after the clock tower, at about the one twenty-five, and past me, I thought probably like he's just going to miss. But I, Ollie just lifted her over the line. It was an unbelievable ride. Un- it is unbelievable. It's like he. It's like. He gets like he gets bigger, like a fucking Marvel character. The horse gets smaller, and he just fucking drags the thing, yeah, like uh, kicks it up. And and says, it's not. It, we're gonna keep going. He was absolutely screaming at it too, may I just say. I reckon it would have been a bit of a frustrating week for for the great man, like even though he's dominated, mm. like the stupid rule to get rubbed out in that carnival for the last day, which would cost him heaps of money. He would have wasted to ride uh, Delphi in the Cup again. But no real gain. No reason. Yeah, probably probably not. Uh, I have a little bit more optimism about the Derby. I think just maybe a couple of horses just didn't run the trip. Obviously, the horse that did was Hitotsu in the market. New, completely steamed at the last sort of twenty minutes in betting. It was the only horse they wanted. This is like this is like a. Um... There was a, this is a genuine steamer. The lightly raced horse up in trip is a, is a big tick. The, the big dogs love it. This horse clocked closing sectionals that will melt your little heart. This horse has <laughs> unlimited upside. You can't bag anything it's done here. The 2.5, 2.9, 2.1, 2.1, the 200 home, they're all negative. So it's a negative 2.5, a negative 2.9, a negative 2.1. The 2.1 was like eased down. It was all over. It was well worse than midfield. Matt Hill got called it can't win at the top of the straight. Like, this is a box ticking beast. This thing blessed, but as you'd expect and anticipate by a slow tempo. Like they're not, they're not going to tear it up in a derby. None of these horses have been that far before. 
but like the the 1600 to 2500 legitimate full credit to Kieran Maher and his team Ustus and co um Johnny Allen an airborne you can't like momentum's the greatest thing in the world isn't it and he's got so much of it John and full credit to you John great ride full credit um I reckon this horse is progressive and really exciting. Versus, like, say, last year. Last year we saw a shit derby with a disgraceful result, in my opinion, because it cost me a lot of money. Um, but that horse has ended up doing nothing, whereas Young Werther was SP'd, you know, $10, $12 in a Caulfield Cup. Mm. And it was beaten. This horse, to me, is a lot better than Young Werther. So I, I, I think... Hatotsu is going to be there or thereabouts in a lot of big races moving forward. These guys love big races. Um, I think that's where this horse is headed, and I think this horse is one of the better horses out of the carnival. What Particularly it like because it, it can stay. Like It's yeah. it's rare air in Australia to be able to stay. Like The, the Espinosas, the, all these really exciting, and they are very exciting other horses, they're, they're getting a competitive like lot of horses. He looks like he's going to get like, 3,200 metres off this data. He's favourite to get further. What sort of type is he? I was, I was, I didn't remember. I can't remember. I, <laughs> uh, he didn't grab me as I thought he'd get the twenty five hundred just on on how relaxed he was. He didn't mm. grab me as a proper like thirty two hundred meter horse though. I think two thousand twenty four hundred is going to be his go. Okay. I thought uh, him and Gunstop played well. The Bussin Young horse, the top weight was completely over the top. Um, I wouldn't read anything into that. It was probably just one run too many for for it, and the rest of them I thought were all pretty average from the up. I think I think Hatotsu is like just just you want to find out, hey guys, what's the goal here? Like, we're going, what are we going to try and win in autumn? And then is it Cox Plate or is it Caulfield Cup? Yeah, I think it'll be one of those two in next spring and. I reckon it'll be Cox Plate. But... So do I, because they get the weight relief, and um, that's what I would do. But I'd want to find out if you want to have a bet. But I'd be going, you know, in Victoria now, going to have a little pub feed and just have a little ticket. If the market's open, it should be. Um, look, if there was one other standout of Cup Week, it was the betting, and in particular how the markets reacted to the Waller camp, because... How how many winners did they have? Seven for the week. Yeah, but I think God, I think God, who I don't think exists, but if if he does, I'm convinced he bets and he follows the Waller J Mac trends because how the fuck did fifth position not win, and it just let the Waller steamer hold on? Like fuck, even when they shouldn't have won the steamers, they won. Yeah. Except except uh, sorry. Except <laughs> the one Except for April Rain. Barrier two, no, I won't go rails and run. And the horse were on yesterday that halved in price and missed a start five lengths. But and bled. I did it. Yeah. God God doesn't exist, but if he does, he fucking hates us at the moment. Oh, he fucking hates us last week. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Fuck. <laughs> Victor Holt. Um, anyway. Just just checked uh, Hitotsu 50s, by the way, for Cox Plate pre-nobs. Um, oh, I expected to be about three fifty in the all in market. Not yeah, I expected no. like tens. That's yeah, pretty good, have, isn't it? Yeah, gonna have to actually, it's probably not going. That, that, <laughs> not that, everyone's going to suck. If, we don't have a clue where he's going. We're just saying he's yeah. the one of the stayers that we like. Yeah. And if we owned him, we go to Cox Plate. 
But obviously, we just backed the horse of Benella that, that, like, more than halved in price and missed the start by five and bled both nostrils. We're not going as good as Bray. No. <laughs> Bray is airborne. If you could back Bray, you'd, you'd back him the in anything The only thing Bray's back that shit itself is fucking Tim <laughs> Smith. <laughs> oh. Oh, we have to talk about this SBO, don't we? Fucking throw yeah. him all the <laughs> All right, so what was this horse? So I'd never heard of it. Like, I'm looking at these three-year-old fillies and going, you know, what is this? It's had one start previously at Warwick Farm, one by four, four lengths, best part of, at a dollar forty-five, breaking the class benchmark by four and a half lengths. Only knocked off the class benchmark by six and a half in a listed race, second start, and was backed as if completely... It started, it was fucking $2, Peter, into a dollar thirty-five. It was unbelievable. Yep. It was... You know how we do it, and our price it spits out our sort of starting point price, and it was fucking a dollar twenty. You know, you know how our stuff's a little bit aggressive. So then you go and check it, and I'm much less cautious if they're like one start and up. Mm. I sort of trust it more. Yep. But I, I thought, thought, um, and Jackson probably went the other way, but I, I sort of, I, I made the decision, and it was wrong. That the field was too big to take that sort of price middle of the day. <laughs> that was at two dollars. So, well, the reason we didn't pull the trigger, because I would have pulled the trigger the night before, but the the other favourite, I can't remember its name, had raced the day before, and they hadn't scratched it yet because, uh, yeah, big as RP, you know, awesome. So I was like, we'll, we'll wait for that to come out, and it'll be a dollar sixty after scratchings, and then I, I knew the big dogs had hit it late, but I thought during the day we might get some resistance, so we might get out to dollar seventy, dollar eighty, and we can. Just completely whack it, but they just steamed it all day. And, and... Yeah, there was nothing like that all week. Like where a bookie said, you know what, have some of it. Yeah, yeah. Apart from incentivise. Yeah, but but on debut, you're speaking of a little like clothes that just warms your little heart. Like holy shit! Like on debut, like the class benchmarks late were unbelievable, and it just it just had to rock up. Like I, this is another field apart from the winner that'll be at Packenham again on a Thursday night. So. <laughs> Hello to all of these as well, but yeah, it just had to turn up and be outside. Oh, I don't know if we can say this, but let's just let's just say it. I might have to edit this out, but um, full credit to us and to Packenham for uh, Pete. You don't even know about this because this is what happened. This is the truth. Is I grinded hard because we were losing and I did Packenham, right? And I found two bets. Race one, Lloyd Kennywell, which took me a long time to decide on because it's Lloyd Kennywell. And it was even money, by the way. It was even money. But the form was just like, the form it had was elite, and the trial was just... So, <clears throat> back it, send it to Jackson. Keep digging. Race five for Paddy Payne, Billy Egan, the plate smashing, horse hitting, Billy Egan. Horse just padding, not hitting. Um, 250, pull the trigger. Also had a massive all up on him, because why not... Uh, sent him to Jackson. Life got in the way. I didn't. I thought that Jackson was going to block. Jackson normally would then back him and then send him. But I'm I'm out after Oaks Day, so I'm like I'll get on and then I'll you know. So he's he sent back to me like oh I'm set. So then like I send, but I didn't see that till like eleven o'clock at night. So then in the I go oh fuck it, I'll just send in the morning. Because I can't send them at 11 o'clock at night because people are asleep. Imagine like the people who are asleep like I would normally be who miss the price. It blow up. Wake up in the morning, like 7 a.m. It's like a dollar eighty the first one and a dollar eighty the second one. So we fucking missed the price. So 
I'll wait a little bit longer. It's like a dollar eighty and a dollar eighty still. I'm not sending them a dollar eighty, you know. Sort of two dollars is a rule. First horse absolutely pisses in, absolutely pisses in. Second horse starts a dollar fifty, a dollar fifty. Billy Egan and Paddy Payne might have had five horses go to the races on th- Thursday night, four of them won. <laughs> except, for this, except for this one. <laughs> so just when you think, just when you think God hasn't jammed enough in the snuff. Can you imagine the punters who at home after the shit week we we were shit this week nine nine straight months of winning lifetime winning but shit house this week awful and awful. a little bit of a stimulus package on a Thursday night at Pakenham with a filthy little all up that was two dollars two fifty which started dollar eighty a dollar fifty they would have just rejoiced you know it would have been like sunlight we were back. And then it would have started dollar fifty and fucking lost and savaged the line Billy Egan saw. Just left it a little bit too late. The plate smasher. But every other Billy Egan horse, Paddy Payne won. It was unbelievable. It was surreal. Jackson, the sick fuck, was there. Mm. Wowie, that's racing. Yeah, good is it? That's, that's, it took took me a long time and a lot of. I reckon I watched the trial. Eight times of the Geelong Race One Godolphin horse because it was just like, I was like, fuck, I, just, I know this thing's going to steam, but I just don't know if we need this in our lives. <laughs> so, God bless. I think it was Dee Thornton. Beautiful, calm ride. Three wide for a little bit. Didn't panic. Yeah. I needed it. Anyway, what anyway. were we about? Billy Egan? No, we were talking about. How's the Cut Week review show? You've got so much Billy Egan involved. Why couldn't Billy Egan ride just a canner on fucking Derby Day? So, Camel Passer would have won. I still don't have a Camel Passer. It's been a hard, long week. What a mini. <laughs> um, to round out off an Espiono, so. Oh, yeah, Espiono. <laughs> That, just just getting back to that, I think the only thing yeah. you can take out of its first two starts is that's a Group One horse on its early figures. Yeah, hundred percent. It's I'm, a narrative horse though now, Jack. I wouldn't it like yeah. it's a great horse. We think it's going to be a very very nice horse, but it's going to go around at a. Yeah. This was our opportunity to launch really at like a dollar sixty-five, and we didn't. But if we lost, I might have swan dived off the top of the hill stand. So mm. also good that we didn't back it. Yeah, there's an upside. Um, okay, so I've mentioned before the upcoming couple of weeks. So usually this would be off to Sandown this week, mm. Royal Sandown. Um, you've got Hamilton Tuesday, Bendigo Wednesday, Pakenham Thursday, the Valley in Kyneton on uh, Friday, Cranburn, Cranbourne for the Cup. That's now this week. Then you've got Ballarat the following Saturday uh, mm. for the Ballarat Cup. Then you have Caulfield for Zipping Classic Day the week after which is Railway Stakes Day as well. So, you know, good to see that all the jurisdictions can somehow get together and decide that... Maybe a little bit like... Um, and the week what? after that, sorry, just to interject, is Pakenham Cup Day. So the fun rolls wow. on. Well, that, that's the worst meeting of the year. Yep. Um, just followed by Ballarat. Mm. But not a lot of deep thinking, I think, here. Like trying to drag it out. Should have just finished off on a high... Um, we're just following the PVL style. Let's let's start the races at 9 a.m. and finish them at 8, 8, 8 p.m. That's great. Mm. Doesn't look like there's been a lot of thinking 
or a lot of initiative. It's just almost, oh, where do we cram these race meets in post-COVID? Still, Friday, Friday should be good fun this week. Yep. Yeah. Nice track to bet out into, into the valley. I'll be at Cranbourne. There's less chance I go to Ballarat and Pakenham in sort of, you know, consecutive weeks. That sounds a bit torturous, but we'll see. Well, that's the yeah. upside is that there's the valley every Friday night for the next yep. for the remainder of the year except for Christmas Eve. Also, before we go, Peter, hypothetical yes. time. So you've had you've had a long week, right? You've had a long week gambling. I'm doing the yard and I'm sending it to you, and you're making the sort of decisions, right? Now, the last race comes around of the of the week. And I'll give you a huge push for the favourite. Big push. Massive push. But also say, hey, guess what, Pete? This Danny O'Brien horse is pretty forward first up. We haven't I actually, exactly I can't actually with this. I can't actually find the note on the trial, but it's forward first up. And it's drifted four and a half percent since opening prices went up. But on our prices, it's an over. What do you do? I backed the Danny O'Brien horse. You what? I backed the Danny O'Brien horse. That's nasty stuff from him, guys at home. That's nasty. <laughs> I apologise to you, Jackson. I, I decided that we weren't going to back it, probably because um, Danny's last 50 is going at 6%. You know, one of them, <laughs> two of them, Superstorm, which is basically Bob Peters. Um, fuck me, it pissed him. It, it, it was race 37 of 37. <laughs> We've been just continually fucked for about... Four, four straight days, so I I wasn't too angry at, at you. If you if you rip him up on there in punning form, like his ROI, career is poisonous. Current season's worse. Last twelve months is worse. His last fifties like horrendous. But it, it'll probably turn though, according yeah. to. Well, I've been saying that for two years, <laughs> for two months, you know, and like. The only way is up. It drifted four and a half percent in the market. You think there'd be some kind of. The market was so savvy all week. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Boys, it's been a pleasure. Get back on the horse. Keep doing what you do best. Find some more winners. Exeter, 22nd of October was his last winner that wasn't Superstorm, which was actually Exeter's ex Hayes. So has he got one of his own? Not on the page. Have a great week, guys. Bye for now.